Well, good morning. morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church this morning as together we celebrate the good news that Jesus Christ was baptized for us. Uh, Before we begin our worship, a few things to share. Uh, Financial statements will be in your mailbox, so uh, make sure you grab those if you haven't on your way out. Also a reminder that our annual congregational meeting will be next week following worship, so members please plan to stay and attend that meeting. Uh, Also poinsettias behind me, if you have not picked them up and if you have poinsettias that you would like that are yours, please take them home with you and if not, um, they'll be given a home elsewhere this week, so uh, please take them home with you if you would like them. Uh, a reminder, too, that annual house blessings for Epiphany, I will be doing that this afternoon and tomorrow afternoon. So if you haven't put your name on the list and you would like your house to be blessed in that tradition, uh, please put your name down. Um, if today doesn't work, if tomorrow doesn't work, uh, we can let me know. It can always come out another time. Happy to do that. So that'll be today and tomorrow. Uh, yeah, and finally, there's been some confusion. That's entirely my fault. Uh, Bible study on First Thessalonians will begin this Wednesday, the 10th at 7 o'clock. I had the date wrong in the newsletter. Um, so you can yell at me later. Uh, but I do invite you to come to Bible study on Wednesday at 7, uh, as we look through St. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. All right, are there any other announcements or prayer requests that you have for the congregation? Yeah, in case. Yeah. What was the name again? Dan. Dan. Okay. Yeah, we'll add them to our prayers. If there's nothing else, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude.
Washington. I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may like your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for, for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. God, creator of light and giver of goodness, your voice moves over the waters. Immerse us in your grace and transform us by your spirit, that we may follow after your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while the wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the, day, the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning. The first day, the word of the Lord. We'll read Psalm 29 responsively. Ascribe to the Lord your God, ascribe to the Lord, yeah, ascribe to the Lord, you gods, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The glory of God thunders. The Lord is upon the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. 
the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. The Lord makes Lebanon sick like a calf, and not the voice of the Lord bursts forth in lightning flashes. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the oak trees writhe in the stripes and strips the forest bare. And in this temple of the Lord, all are crying, Glory! O Lord, give strength to your people. Give them, O Lord, the blessings of peace. A reading from Acts. While Paulus was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about twelve of them. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Mark. John the Baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist. And he, ate, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. The baptism of Jesus has troubled many Christians over the centuries, right? Because Jesus is not a sinner. And if Jesus is not a sinner, why does he need to receive the baptism of John for the forgiveness of sins? 
And so sometimes it has been taught that Christ is baptized as an example for us. But I think if we read the text itself, that explanation is lacking. The heavens open up, God speaks, the Holy Spirit descends, just because Jesus is providing us an example. Jesus' baptism is highlighted in all four of the Gospels. And so it certainly seems to be given more attention and more weight than simply Jesus providing us an example of what we should do. And sometimes it's explained that Jesus' baptism represents a kind of beginning to his ministry. This, again, seems to fall short as far as explanations go. The Gospels recognize that what Jesus has come to do has begun even at his conception. Matthew and Luke both recognize the importance of Jesus' birth. Jesus' baptism may in some ways be a beginning, but the importance of the event is not limited to being some kind of launch party. So what is going on with Jesus' baptism? Well, I think we can get to the point quickly. What is going on is that Jesus is being baptized as a sinner in our stead, in our place. Now, we know that Jesus has no sin of his own. He is entirely holy. He's perfect. Jesus is God. He cannot sin. But as we heard in last week's gospel, Jesus has come to be born under the law. The one above the law, the lawgiver himself, submits himself to the law. And so in his baptism, what Jesus is doing is he's making our sin his own. He is taking our place under the law. Jesus here is identifying with us sinners as he submits to the law's demands. And more than just identifying with us sympathetically, Jesus is identifying with us by confessing our sin for us and making it his own. He is taking it for us. And so what we see is that in his baptism, Jesus here becomes the Lamb of God who is bearing the sin of the world. The one who knew no sin became sin for us. When Jesus is baptized, he is baptized for all of us sinners. His baptism then makes our baptisms more than just a ritual, more than just a symbol. In our baptisms, we're becoming one with him. And he makes an exchange for us, what Martin Luther called the happy exchange. We receive Christ's righteousness, and he takes our sin from us. And our readings this morning give us an idea of how this happens. Consider, for example, Genesis chapter 1. Before creation, there is nothing. Formless void, darkness, the deep all of which are ways to recognize the nothingness that was before creation. And this is language given to nothingness because we cannot comprehend nothingness. If you try to do it, you will break your brain, so I don't recommend it. We've never experienced nothingness. We're part of creation. We always know something. So we're, we're not able to reason it out. But what Genesis tells us is that God spoke into the nothingness. He said, let there be light, and there was light. This verse, and in fact all of Genesis 1, is showing us something and teaching us something about God's word. That God's word is a word that does something. 
God's word is always connected to God's deeds. His word performs. It acts. When God says, let there be light, there is light. When God says, let there be water and earth, there is water and earth. When God says, let there be Ryan Cordell, there is Ryan Cordell. All of that exists. All that is reality rests upon God speaking it into existence. And so even creation itself now is sustained because God speaks it. In C.S. Lewis's book, The Magician's Nephew, which is the prequel to The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, there's a beautiful scene in which the protagonist children get to observe Aslan the lion creating the world of Narnia. So the lion, who symbolizes Christ in Lewis's series, sings a deep, haunting, beautiful, familiar song. And as he sings, life begins to pop up and take shape in Narnia. And so it is, and so it was in our world. God's voice brings all into being. His word is what forms what is real. In fact, his word defines reality. God's word itself is power. And so we notice that God's word is distinct from our words. Because like Adam in the Garden of Eden, Adam gets to name the animals that are brought to him. Right? He names what already exists. And that's the same with our words. We name things that already are. We use our words, we use language in a descriptive sense. We can call a thing that exists a name. Right? The thing in front of me right now is a pulpit. But me calling it a pulpit does not mean my word made it a pulpit. But that's not how God's word works. God's word speaks, and it is. God's word doesn't describe, it makes. Psalm 29 gives us great imagery to understand this point. And I noticed, not to embarrass him, but Troy stumbled over verse 1, right? Ascribe to the Lord you gods. Ascribe to the... We, we don't believe in gods, so that's a hard verse to read. But this is going to be a key difference in the psalm. What's the difference between the one true God and between all the other false gods and the idols in our world? Well, the one true God has a word. The one true God speaks, and it is. The idols of this world are dumb. They don't speak. They sit there. And we name them things, and we call them things. But that's not God. God is the one who speaks and makes real. And so when the psalmist says, the voice of the Lord is a powerful voice. The voice of the Lord is a voice of splendor. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. The voice of the Lord bursts forth in lightning flashes. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The psalmist isn't saying that God has a voice so deep and loud that it shakes the windows of our houses like speakers with the bass set too high. What we're being told is that the voice of the Lord acts. The voice of the Lord brings reality. What the voice of the Lord says is. And so notably, in the baptism of Christ, the voice of the Lord comes from heaven and says, you are my son, the beloved with you, I am well pleased. And so we want to pay attention to the reality that God is bringing forth with his voice here. Jesus is and was and always will be God's son. From eternity, God was always speaking this word to his son, with you I am well pleased. 
that's not meant to be surprising to us. But we, what we are meant to pay attention to is the fact that God's word is making a promise to his son. The son who has come to take on the sins of the world. Christ takes on our sins. He takes our place as a sinner. He is baptized like a sinner in our stead. And the Father confirms the reality of what Christ has come to do. He makes this declaration, with you, I am well pleased. He says that to the Son. But more to the point, he says this to the one who is bearing your sin. And so now here is what must hit home for us. What God's word confirms in the moment of Jesus' baptism also makes a reality for you. Jesus stood in your place at that moment in the Jordan River. Just as on Good Friday he will take your place on the cross, and on Easter Sunday he will guarantee you a place of resurrection, when God here says, with you I am well pleased, he's bringing forth a new reality for you. He says these words to you through Christ. With you, God is well pleased. Now to be clear, he's not well pleased with you because you're a wonderful person. He's not well pleased with you because how righteous you are. God is well pleased with you right now because Jesus has made a great exchange with you. And so when you were baptized, you were given that powerful word. When you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God wasn't just describing something about you. He wasn't giving you a new name in the sense that Adam named the animals. Instead, God's word was creating you anew. He was making you a new creature in the image of Christ. And the word that said, let there be light in Genesis 1, said you are made new at your baptism. The word said you are no longer to be known by your father, the old Adam, the sinner. Instead, you are now known by the new Adam, Jesus Christ, the holy. In baptism, you are made a new creature. And because of Jesus Christ who took your place, God has given you new life. And so God says to all of us, I am well pleased with you. Amen.
together, let us stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, the eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of the one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and he became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church, the world, and for all who are in need. Heavenly Father, you revealed your Son in the wondrous epiphany in the Jordan River. So also you have revealed your name and blessing to us in baptism, declaring us your beloved heirs. Grant that we may da daily die to sin and rise to newness of life, living with joy as your children. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, bless all places where your people teach and learn, especially guide teachers and students, that together they would marvel at your creation and appreciate the depth of your wisdom. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty Lord, your Son, Jesus, is the Christ and the true King of this world. Grant great humility to the rulers of the nations, especially to Joseph, our President, to Richard Michael, our Governor, to our Congress, and to our judges, that they would submit to your holy word for the sake of their own souls and for the good of your people. Lord, in your mercy. Give comfort and relief to those who are sick, depressed, tired, confused, or in any kind of need, especially this morning, Ardith, John, Tammy, Steve, Charlie, Jane, Linda, Steve, Nancy, Betty, Doit, Jim, Max, Jane, Brandy, Marilyn, Gary, Tony, Carolyn, Jan, Carol, and Dan. Watch over them and assure them in your promises. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, in holy baptism, you have opened the heavens to your children. Grant that all those baptized in, into your Son would receive the heavenly feast of his body and blood for their salvation with thanksgiving. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty Father, as your Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep, you spoke your word and the world was created 
In the waters of baptism, you have spoken our names and declared us righteous. You have drawn us to Jesus, the light of life, and you have saved us. Let his light now shine through us, that others may see our good works and give glory to you. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts, that we might be for the world signs of your gracious presence in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ. By the leading of a star, he was shown forth to all nations. In the waters of the Jordan, you proclaimed him your beloved Son. And in the miracle of water turned to wine, he revealed your glory. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. 
are indeed holy, almighty, and merciful God. You are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will, and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin may be formed to live as your holy people and be given our inheritance with all your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.
peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.